subspace transmission four one six zero three five two personal audio message to Jonathan Nash location earth zero zero one from Barbara Nash location Tartarus nine six six Galactic Standard Time Zero One Three Corrupted Hi Grandpa, sorry to bother you. I just have to tell you again that I'm not qualified for this position. I've only been here for three weeks and today I was attacked by an inmate. You don't have to worry, I'm okay. Thank God Cliff was there to pull him off. Those pills your doctor prescribed me have been making me dizzy and weak. What was his name? Dr. Myers? Can you ask him if that's a normal reaction? I don't even feel like I can protect myself. I think I'm going to stop taking them. Anyway, I still don't understand how this job is supposed to help me become a senator. I know I need more experience, but I just thought I could use my criminal law degree to do something to actually help people. These inmates are beyond my help. Thank you for choosing Kerwin Galactic. Two possibilities exist. Either we are alone in the universe, or we are not. Both are equally terrifying. Either way, we have no choice but to stare into the abyss. And whether we like it or not, the abyss stares back. We open up on a prison moon. A prison and mining moon, to be more specific, named Moros 5. It has a lazy orbit around the gas giant planet of Gatanatoa, located in the Durandal system, owned by Kerwin Galactic, a member of the United Galactic Business Consortium that controls the entire Milky Way galaxy. Kerwin is one of the main military contractors and penal contractors. You can laugh at the word penal. It's okay. (laughs) (laughs) Kerwin tends to run their operations pretty tight. You mean their rigid penal system? (laughs) 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 Okay, so Kerwin runs a pretty rigid business model. (laughs) Yeah. A rigid BM. <laughs> God damn it. I can't stop. I've become too powerful. You <laughs> control all space. Yes. Yes. And in running a rigid business model, Kerwin used the Galactic Business Navy in their inspections because of the high standard that the Galactic Business Navy holds itself to. That is the reason why the Condor-class frigate Drinwin is currently docked 
on the moon. It is docked in the main ship port located directly between the mining operation and the prison. The prison is known as Tartarus Correctional and is run by Barbara. <laughs> Barbara Nash. Barbara Nash. The mining operation is located on the other side of the moon and is named Cadaceus sites one through five. Uh, the sites are set up in a pentagramal shape. Pentagonal. Pentagonal. <laughs> I was like, that's not a word. The sites are <laughs> set up in a pentagonal shape with a central hub where currently Captain John Thralson and a contingent of his officers are conducting their inspection of the uh, main mining facilities. During this inspection, he leaves Lieutenant Gunner Bastion with the head of the demolition department and leaves you, Gunner, with instructions to inspect the demolition operation that's going on here. You know, there's stores of explosive paraphernalia. <laughs> uh, there's stores of propane and propane accessories. <laughs> Damn it, Bobby. I'd hug you if you weren't my son. <laughs> uh, Barbara, you being the warden of the prison are having a pretty busy day mm -hmm. getting the prison ready for the inspection um, that yeah, should be. I'm having them like check dates on food. I'm also having the prisoners clean like edges along the floor edges. and like, you know, we are detailing the prison currently. Anyone who's not working is, is doing something to get this prison ready. Because we weren't good. necessarily quite up to par. Is this prison overcrowded? No, the prison, I would say it was originally built as a minimum security prison. And then they needed to expand a bit and add more wings. And they ended up going over to a maximum security prison and starting to house more dangerous inmates. And so the prison itself is bulbous and has all these domes built of various sizes and materials, whatever was the cheapest material at the time of building. So yeah, you're, you're having a pretty busy day. Hugo Dunworth, inmate extraordinaire. <laughs> you just have a name that makes me like want to give you an honorific. Yeah. Hugo uh, Dunworth. That's why he chose it. Like, that's not his real name. That's the name he chose for himself when he embarked on his life of crime. What would you be doing at this point? Well, my, my bunk would already be ship-shaped and sparkling. So I'm most likely going through, like, maybe the, um, the kitchen logs or something like that, just making sure all the paperwork is right for inspection. So uh, essentially doing the last minute accounting. Okay, okay. Um, One of the many jobs that I've been entrusted with. I would imagine somebody of your, you know, your intellect would have been able to talk their way into getting as many duties that keep you from doing actual manual actual labor jobs. as possible. Oh yeah. Possibly, oh, yeah. very much so. <laughs> but, um, you know, it also stops me from being bored. So that's why I do it. True. Uh, Maggie, what are you doing? I'm probably having quite a lot of trouble cleaning up because I probably have like knickknacks everywhere. Um, and I'm like trying to like pull them off on people. Like, do you want an extra bar of soap? You want an extra bar? What about, what about, what about a blanket? No? Okay. Uh, I'll just, I'll just, I'll just leave them here. Um, yeah. Are you collecting shiny things for your nest? <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> As everyone is kind of going about their duties, the moon itself starts to shake a little bit. Barbara, 
you would know that pretty much since the mining operation started, these moon quakes have become a, a part of everyday life. I, I'm not very, I don't really like the mining operation. Okay. Um, I think it's detrimental to our planet, our, so, our moon, I mean. Well, then does that stress you out more? Oh, of course. Go ahead and mark one of your storm. Oh, really? Yeah. Already? Yep. Okay, because they're it's quaking. Everything's happening all at once, and then this earthquake on top well, of it. Well, and I assume the prisoners are really listening to my... Oh, yeah, I would say a good, like, 60% of the prisoner population is doing whatever the fuck they want. Oh, yeah. They're taking this opportunity to slack off as much as possible. Doing tattoos with guitar needles. Hmm. <laughs> Yes. Guitar string needles. Space guitar needles. Space guitar. Space yeah. guitars. Guitar strings. Guitar strings. Oh, that's good. That's a good joke. But yeah, so this this moonquake kind of passes, and none of you really think anything of it, except for the lieutenant. This is your first time on the moon, and oh, this is my first time. Yeah, this will be your first time on the moon. Everybody around you seems fine with what just happened. Um, how would you feel? It, it'd just be another shake or boom or something that's going on. It'd just be a little more intense. Yeah, you're and, used to bombs going off. Yeah, so I'd probably just be just ask what it was uh, like no one around me seems to be having a huge freak out about it so the, what was that? the demolitions union rep uh, turns to you and he's a he's a short round man uh, jet black hair with a push broom mustache and he's missing his ring and pinky fingers on each hand he turns to you and he says that's just kind of a normal thing ever since we uh, we cracked the the crust of the moon and um, started to <laughs> drill down into the center the moonquakes just kind of started the scientists tell us that it's just uh, you know a natural process from us disturbing the uh, tectonic plates of this moon duly noted and then I pull out my notepad and I write that down while Take looking at him very furrow browed. You notice that a lot of things <laughs> are improperly put away. You would know from years of working with bombs and explosives that things should be closed secured, and locked secured. and secured better than they are. Yeah. So who's in charge of securing these loads? Well, uh, uh, the boys tend to secure their own stuff when they're done with the day. I'll be real honest with you, mister. I don't tend to come back here very often and check on things and run my my own inspections he gives you this like wink and nod and looks down at his hand and he's uh trying to shake your hand and you can see that he's got some credits palmed in his hand and he's like it would help us a lot uh with our our union negotiations if you could just go ahead and give us a glowing uh, uh review on your inspection okay and i shake his hand okay and take the credits Okay. And then I write down that none of this is secured properly. <laughs> <laughs> and, that, and that he, he, he tried to pass me. He's considerably shorter than you, but he keeps trying to, like, look at your notepad without actually being able to see what you're writing there. Yeah. Hugo, as you are going through the computer system, one of the guards comes into the, the little office that you're in, and he says, um, Hugo... I, I trust you're not too far along in, in the process there. No, no, no. There's still quite some time to go. If you could just take a break from that for a moment and just keep an eye on these uh, these other inmates. You seem like someone who's not going to try and, you know, stage a revolt or anything uh, while I go to the bathroom. Would you, would you be fine with that? Also, don't mention this to the warden. <laughs> 
Uh, your secret is safe with me, and hopefully I will be safe with them. Uh, thank, thank you. It's nervous bladder. Oh, say no more. I mean, please say no more. I don't need to know about your bladder. Oh, sorry. Well, it, it is a medical condition. My doctor said I have a narrow urethra. I actually have three. <laughs> this uh, this guard is... Redundant organs. This guard is an alien. He's got, like, uh, blue scales all over his face. Um, and he says, yes, uh, we Flaxorians have three penises. Yeah, so I did know about that. I've uh, studied some of your um, ancient fertility statues in the past. <laughs> oh, yes, quite erotic, aren't they? <laughs> if you're into multi-phallist uh, lizards, um, then yes. They're not necessarily my thing, but I can see the appeal. (laughs) (laughs) He walks out of the room. I can't do this conversation anymore. (laughs) Well, that's fantastic. And he he runs off. I I will basically stick to doing my job and keep an eye out for everyone else. But I'm not going to intervene if they try and do anything dumb. Because I'm a little fat man. Uh, (laughs) A little fat man. So, Maggie, uh, very tall, very skinny guard pokes their head into the room. They have mm, almost like the the little gray men that people think of when they think of aliens. Big black eyes, almond-shaped head, but very, very skinny. This person sticks their head into your cell and they say, Inmate, we need help in the... This one is hard for me, the cafeteria. Kaffer, Kaffery, the cafe. You, um, the ca- yes, the cafeteria. Um, what do you need help with exactly? Um, well, we do not have enough people to clean the Kaffer, um, cafeteria. Yes, thank you. That is the word. Thank you. Um, so if you could just uh, follow me. They don't even wait for you and just start to walk towards the, the mess hall. I'm going to, like, look at my, like, pile of shit on my bed and just be like, but, uh, mm, mm, uh, mm, okay, uh, and I'll follow them. Uh, your cellmate is a two and a half foot tall humanoid alien that looks like a human, but twice as wide and half as deep. <laughs> so, like, human, like, like if they were just kind of flattened into a coin shape. I would stick my head back in and be like, take whatever you want. Oh, except the stuff on the pillow or the stuff under the pillow or the stuff right at the foot of the bed. But anything else you can take. Okay, bye. I'll, help, I'll finish cleaning up if you don't mind. Thank you. Thank you. As you get into the cafeteria, this tall guard walks through the doors and takes a look around and sees that there's just a couple of inmates not really doing anything. And he notices that the other guard that's supposed to be in here is missing. Where is Harold? Harold! And uh, they go back to the room where Hugo is and stick their head in. And Harold, who are you, inmate? I am... Inmate 62487, Hugo Dunworthy. He pulls up his wrist computer and starts tapping things in, and he says, You do seem to have a good standing with the prison, and yes, okay, yes, you do have access to computer systems. Okay. Non-network computer systems. Yes. Is, where where did uh, the, the Herald, Herald, the preacher that was here? Uh, he should be in the next room. He may have had to poke his head out somewhere, but uh, he should be there. Mm. 
I can probably do a check on the computer to see where he is if you'd like me to. Uh, that That is not necessary. I've brought another person to help. Could you get her started? The other people in here, they don't seem to be... Useful? Doing the jobs? Yes. Yes. You seem like the most trustworthy inmate in here, so oh, I will be right back. Uh, and he takes off out the same door that Harold went out. Okay. Barbara, you are in your office. Uh, you take a look at the clock and you see that the captain should be there in about an hour and a half. But looking on your various monitors, you can see that there's still a lot that needs to be done. Yeah, I'm, I'm calling people and making orders. Trying to uh, delegate jobs as much as possible. Your secretary, Sharon, walks into the room. Sharon is a android, completely programmed to be a like a perfect assistant. But they gave Sharon her own virtual intelligence that over the last 15 years of working in this prison has kind of learned a thing or two. And uh, Sharon walks in and she says, Hey, boss, we've got kind of an emergency down in the cafeteria area. It looks like um, one of the guards went for a bathroom break and uh, got shaped pretty good. Uh, are you serious? And the uh, the other guard that went to check on him, it seems like he uh, he's, he's getting held at knife point. A few of the uh, inmates are... Seems like they might want to try and ransom it off for, uh, I don't know, maybe they just want to get out of here. You know those inmates. Have you sent the guards down there? Um, should I have done that? Obviously. Well, I will now. Okay, so... I, can't, I know where this place is, obviously. Can't, yes. I'm going to go there. Okay. As you're walking out of the office, you take a look. Uh, Sharon shows you on the monitors that there is a guard laying at one end of this hallway in a pretty rapidly expanding pool of blood. Oh, no. And there's two very large inmates whose skin appear to be made of solid rock or, or organic rock. That's quite different. I was about to say. <laughs> that is very different. Also, I realized organic rock is kind of an oxymoron. It is. No, it is. Ex it is exactly an oxymoron. Yes. Not uh, true. <laughs> exactly. An These oxymoron. rocky guys, rocky boys. Rocky, uh, rocky and Babola, I know them. They have broken off pieces of them themselves and sharpen them down to a fine point and have got this skinny alien. I tell the assistant to get the guards. Okay. And I go there. Um, Sharon says, I'll put the whole area in lockdown. Uh, and as she says that, she... Now you're thinking! <laughs> she punches in a couple buttons on a terminal and on the monitor you see the doors on either end of the hallway. Wait, can I get in there? <laughs> <laughs> you you would know that getting down there, you can like manually override the doors right. to open them if you need to. But the doors automatically slam shut. So At like the same time, uh, Hugo, as you're coming out of this office to get Maggie and the other inmates, the doors slam shut and an alarm starts going off, but it's only the doors to that corridor. Okay, I'm going to very quickly retreat back to my safe little office and close the door. All right. The safest place to be, yo, in any type of danger is away from it. <laughs> Maggie? I think I'm going to scurry after them with my feathers all puffed up. <laughs> I would imagine you were far enough away that he was able to get back in the office pretty quick and close the door. So you're yep. going to go and like pound on the door and ask him to let you in. Yeah, I'm like, let me in, let me in, please. Um, it's I'll open the door very quickly. It's always good to have someone, you know, bigger than you and danger as well. So 
I'll open that door. I'm probably not that much bigger than you. <laughs> Why, you look bigger and scarier. <laughs> uh, as you open the door, the other inmates that were in the room kind of rush up behind her, and you know that this room is only really big enough for you and Maggie, so as she gets in, I would imagine you get the door closed behind yep, her pretty quick. slamming the door, locking it if I can, moving some furniture in front of it, whatever, I don't care. I'm a coward. As you do that, we're going to cut over to Lieutenant Bastion. There is another moonquake. When the last moonquake hit, all of the military personnel got notifications, but you're not getting any messages from the ship this time, so you know it's much more local. All of a sudden, there are a lot of screams and a lot of yelling coming from the other side of the mining facility. Would you head that direction? Uh, I would notify the ship first, like... Lieutenant Bastion to Drinwin, uh disturbances in my area. You get a response back from the ship, and it is Ensign Porter, who is one of the crew members that was left back on the ship. They're a uh, female human that comes over to your arm computer and says, We haven't been able to get a hold of the captain in a little while can you go check on him it seems like his communicator's down for some reason oh uh, yeah I'd, I'd calm over i'm trying to calms over like page him directly or message him directly you just kind of get this little error tone it won't make any connection with him all right you would know just generally it means that either there's some sort of radio interference or it's turned off for some reason so i guess or I, he's dead yeah but um, <laughs> my first assumption isn't going to be Commander's dead. Like it's gonna be a lost radio contact. Like head back to the first off. Tell this short, little, rotund, beardy or mustachey man to get these munitions secured. Do all that stuff. Well, I I guess I could get that going here as long as uh. And he he kind of palms some more credits at you. As long as we don't have any problems in the future. And I have more important shit to deal with than this little guy. So I. Start heading, off. start heading briskly. Like some, it is awkward that I just heard some commotion and then I can't get a hold of the commander and neither can the ship. So, so as you're making your way back through this mining operation and you get back into kind of the, the central hub, you can see across from you, there is a large doorway that leads into one of the main wells where they've been pulling a rare mineral out of the ground. It is by far the deepest of their mining operations. From the doors of this part of the mine, you can see people just streaming out full speed. As you kind of realize something might not be okay, there's another one of those moonquakes, but this time it's strong enough that alarms start going off. As this happens, there is a strange energy field that suddenly explodes out from the planet's surface and passes through your body and passes through everything around you. At the same time, this is happening to the warden as she's getting to that hallway where the, the hostage situation's going down. Um, and as Maggie and Hugo are hiding in this, this office, that wave of energy passes through all of you at the same time. Within seconds of this energy wave, warden, you've gotten to that, that hallway, you're kind of in the cafeteria, you know, the doors are locked down in front of you. But this this energy field passes through you and the three inmates that were in the room trying to get into this office stop with their efforts and they turn around and they look out of it for a moment and then all three of their heads just 
snap back as far as they can and they let out these horrible like guttural animal sounding screams and all three of them come rushing at you and they look like they're about to just attack you. Oh God. Lieutenant Bastion, as you're seeing these people coming streaming out of the mine, some of them fighting, tearing at each other, other people just running frantically, you were kind of making your way towards the main mining building. The building is a two-story building with the offices up on top. There's a switchback staircase that goes up to the office door and underneath the switchback staircase there's another door that goes into a lower level shop. And is is that where the captain has gone? Uh, They would be up in the office. Towards the office. And as you're getting within range of it, the office door on the second floor slams open and your captain and the mining foreman come spilling out of the door and they are at each other's throats. At first, you can't quite tell who's attacking who because they both seem to be fighting for their lives. You get the general sense as they kind of fight towards the stairwell that the mining foreman is kind of attacking crazily and your captain still seems to be able to keep some tactics about him as he's fighting. Are you going to run up there, try to help? Uh, is there, I guess, is there any, like, immediate danger in the way? There's no one in between you and the, the main mining hut. Most of the people are streaming out out of the main mining entrance. But you do hear some sort of commotion in the main mining office's shop, but the door is still closed. Okay, well, I guess I would yell to the captain to get down the captain glances your direction for a second and as he does the mining foreman almost gets the upper hand on him the captain reels back and overcorrects a bit and starts to tip backwards down the stairwell and as he does he grabs the mining foreman and the two of them tumble in just a, a tangle of limbs and you see a couple of teeth fly off at one point and there's little spatters of blood here and there as they roll all the way down both flights of this switchback staircase, landing in a heap on the ground at the base of the stairs. And who's on top? They land with the uh, mining foreman on top and the captain on the bottom, and neither of them are moving for a minute. Okay, um, I guess I would move towards them. Assault rifle aimed on the mining foreman. Uh, As you come up with your gun trained on the mining foreman... Like, I would probably pop a shot at him right now. He was attacking my my captain. I'm going to say you get a shot off and you see it rips into the side of the mining foreman's chest. His body kind of slumps off of the side of the captain, and as you get up to him, you see that the captain has a chunk of bone sticking out of his neck and he's bleeding profusely. You can see his eyes are already starting to fade and he's breathing pretty hard. He, he's like gurgling in the back of his throat and it, it sounds like he's trying to say something, but you can't quite make it out. Okay, well, I guess I would put a hand on him and call the Lieutenant Bastion to Drinwin. Captain's down. Uh perforation in his neck bleeding profusely all you get back in response is a high-pitched static as you're you're getting this interference back you hear the captain cough around some blood and he says look look out behind you back in the cafeteria Barbara, you, Barbara, 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 you are being charged by three inmates that have a blank expression on their face, but they are coming at you with a obvious ferocity. Um, well, first I'd yell at them to stop. And that does not stop uh, them whatsoever. Yeah. Uh, I figured I'm going to take a couple steps back and I'm going to put my hands out and I'm going to use telekinetic force. 
Okay. Our first roll. I want to use my storm that I got. It gives you advantage? Yeah, you can pick advantage or you can pick... I think I'll use advantage. Okay. So you draw three dice. Oh, really? And take the higher two. Ignore the lowest number. So that's a nine. So... Seven to nine. Your intentions are muddled. And the SM will choose one. Uh, there's something flying back. It floats or moves a short distance or it's pulled towards you. Um, okay, no, I, I, I'd say in this instance, I mean, you're a little under duress, but you, you've got, you know, a, a handle on your how your powers work. Do I get to use one of these too? Oh, no, no I, that was my advantage. That was your advantage, yep. You you reach out with your telekinetic force and push all three of these inmates, slamming them back into the opposite wall, which shakes the wall of the office that Magpie and Hugo are currently holed up in, but does not do you know any real damage to the three. They start to immediately pick themselves up as they do Magpie and Hugo. Yeah, so can we see out or, or, or can we only hear what's happening? There is a five by five inch window in the door. So is that in like the top half of the door? Yeah, it would be about, <laughs> what, like four feet up. Okay, so I can see out of it. <laughs> <laughs> How tall are you? Um, she's a small person. I hadn't thought about that. <laughs> probably like five, five. Okay. Yeah, about the same height as me. Pretty sure. <laughs> Hugo being kind of useless, the way he was trying to barricade this door was putting things like the, you know, the garbage bin and small boxes of things in front of it. Like, totally useless. <laughs> yeah. Totally, totally, just like panic, whatever I can grab, put in front of it. But, uh, yeah, what I've put in front of it will just kind of annoy people when they come through. <laughs> <laughs> is it a mechanical lock or is there some kind of, like, tech integrated? Because I think if there's tech, Magpie's probably going to see if she can fiddle with something and like get it to like extra lock (laughs) 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 extra lock more lock is there is there a a button or some like hacker voice i'm in code thing she can do to like make it deadbolt (laughs) she turns the the door harder there's a panel on the door that says extra lock 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 and hard lock No, let's get it in now. Okay, so it was locked before, but then you hear like an even bigger, heavier lock slam into place. (laughs) The locks themselves are mechanical, but the activation mechanism is electronic. Let's put it that way. (laughs) Yeah, actually, it would make sense that a prison would probably have something that is a hard lock for (laughs) when we're in a lockdown situation. Serious lock and serious lock. (laughs) Well, no, you'd have a lock that you could unlock from the inside and one you could only unlock from the outside or one you could only unlock from the inside. Good point. Not inside and outside. So that's probably what she's done. Yeah, can't unlock it from the outside now or something. All right. I'm like that. That 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 will probably do a little bit more than the than the garbage bin. Um, but I I don't know. I've never used this before. Uh, what's happening? <laughs> um, uh, they've gone crazy and they're attacking people. I know it's not. It couldn't be cordyceps because you know no fungus here. Um, it's not parasitic wasps, obviously, because no wasps and they're not tarantulas. Um, it's not. Uh, it could, well, it's not foodborne because everyone saw that 
big wave of energy. Um, <laughs> so this is like some cosmic space magic and not like a regular riot, right? I haven't been here long enough to know what a regular riot looks like. What does it look like? Uh, more stabbing. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I was holding it okay. together till that point. <laughs> How about we put the desk in front of the door and then we hide? <laughs> Sounds great. Let's do that. Okay. I'm going to help put the desk in front of the door. And then, yeah, if there are any boxes in this room or something or other, like basically make ourselves a pillow fort. Okay. Okay. <laughs> As you guys are fortifying yourselves, in you blankets. hear... Uh, several new voices start yelling from outside the door. You hear a very rapid succession of gunshots. Lieutenant Bastion. Yes. Your captain has just told you to watch out and you hear somebody running towards you. I'm going to need you to act quick. When you use your instincts or reflexes to avoid a danger or negotiate through danger towards a goal, roll plus slick. On a 10 plus, you're graceful, swift, or acrobatic, and you do it. On a 7 to 9, you do it, but choose one. I'm the least slick person that you've ever seen. <laughs> <laughs> this is going to go good. So as you quickly turn around and assess the threat, you see that there is a man that is almost as large as you are coming just barreling towards you in full rage mode. <laughs> this is your BM. I wasn't Andrew. sure what that was, but there was some toilet paper. <laughs> okay. Somebody get me some toilet paper. <laughs>